other medications that you are taking can interact with psychiatric medications as well as some food. So you always want to make sure that you're putting your best foot forward and that you know all the information so that your healthcare provider can make the best decision for you. This is the Brother Be Well podcast. We're focused on mental health needs for boys and men of color, including trauma and healing. This podcast series is sponsored by Blue Shield of California's Blue Sky Initiative. Get ready for real talk. And to our parents and caregivers, listen up, y'all. Hi, I'm Michael P. Coleman, content director for Brother Be Well. Today in one of a series of Brother Be Well conversations in our parents and caregiver series made possible by the support of Blue Shield of California's Blue Sky Initiative, we're exploring psychiatric medications. We'll define them, talk about why and how they can be helpful, and discuss what families can expect if medications are deemed an appropriate option in treating a loved one's mental health condition. Joining me for this conversation is a good buddy of mine. She's an expert on psychiatric medications, Cherie Kreiner, registered nurse and vice president of the Capital City Black Nurses Association. Cherie, how are you doing? Welcome back to Brother Be Well. I am great. Thank you so much for having me, Michael, and uh, for us talking about this very important topic. Really good to have you. Let's dive right in, if you don't mind, Cherie. I understand that there are five main types of psychiatric medications. Before we get to those specifically, would you please define the term psychiatric medications for the Brother Be Well family? So psychiatric medications are medications that help provide a balance to hormonal or neurotransmitter imbalances, chemicals uh, in your brain, and they impact your overall uh, mood, behavior, and experience of your mental disorder. So that's what psychiatric medications are broadly. How exactly do they work? I'm curious. It's actually kind of like a puzzle, Michael. So it, in your brain and in your body, you have these neurotransmitters uh, that are, you know, let's say one shape, a square, and you have a recipient that's also a square. So when there aren't enough of those squares floating around, those recipients go empty, or sometimes the wrong shape is there. So psychotic medications essentially help get the building blocks that your brain and central nervous system need into the right amount and positions to actually balance out your mental disorder. We have become, that really sounds fascinating, by the way. I love the, 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 the square analogy helped me really picture it pretty well as to how they work. I appreciate that, Cherie. And I know a lot of people watching and listening are going to get it after that explanation. You know, we've become kind of what I like to call a microwave society. We want the answer quickly. We want a quick fix. We want to, you know, lose weight quickly. We want an answer to our mental health problems very quickly. Should psychiatric medications ever be used in lieu of therapy or in lieu of a longer term solution that we know works? Um, I would say it's it's not in lieu of one way or the other, because when you guide your care with your medical professional, they consider all options for your care and what could be good for you. So sometimes they're both used together um, and sometimes they're used separately. So depending on the situation and the symptoms that you're having and how disruptive it is to your activities of daily living and regular life, um, sometimes it's appropriate that um, medication therapy is what's needed because you are acutely experiencing mental illness um, and maybe therapy is not appropriate at that time and therapy can be introduced later and other times you're really stable uh, depending on the issue and and therapy alone is something that's effective for you so it kind of ebbs and flows i would encourage everyone to be open 
um, to what works for you at the time. It's something we can always continue to reevaluate. Really got that too. And that's some important information there. You know, you, you've told us before in a variety of different settings and conversations, Sheree, it's not one size fits all. We're all different. We respond differently to any uh, treatment modality, but certainly the medication, our bodies are all going to react differently to what's, what's prescribed. So that's that's great advice. Great advice. Let's unpack if we got some time. I, I surprise myself sometimes, Sheree, how much fun I seem to have with you talking about these concepts that you know, most people aren't, you know, they're not top of mind in terms of, you know, uh, casual conversation. But if you got a few more minutes, I want to unpack these different psychiatric meds, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Let's get at it. I know that there are, you could tell me if I'm right or not, antidepressants, antipsychotics, stimulants, anti-anxiety meds, and mood stabilizers. So let's start with antidepressants. What do they do and what possible side effects might someone experience when they're taking them? Right. So the the clever thing about uh, psychiatric medication specifically is that it's labeled for what it does, Michael, right? It, It jumps out and tells you so. Um, antidepressants are exactly that. This is someone that has a low sound, uh, a low, sad, and down mood. So it's a mood booster, right? So you want to balance those chemicals, right? Not enough of the happy neurotransmitters, not enough of the happy um, mood hormones going on. So antidepressants specifically target those missing chemicals, and they help to lift your mood. Um, you know, antidepressants aren't a one size fit all either. Um, oftentimes people uh, will have, um, like you've seen the commercials, right, Michael, where they say, well, call your doctor if you're having suicidal thoughts or, you know, these other life-changing side effects. So each person is a little different. So what happens with your psychiatrist is they usually will put you on the lowest dose that can be most effective. And you have to watch for those side effects where, you know, if it's not improving your mood, Sometimes antidepressants can decrease your uh, sex drive, cause increased thirst, um, can cause, uh, can interact with other medications that you may take, especially uh, blood pressure medications uh, or things like that. So really, Michael, it comes down to the type that you're taking and then making sure that it doesn't interact with anything that you're already taking um, otherwise, and that it's actually helping and not causing worse uh, symptoms. You may have seen specifically on those those commercials where it'll say, yeah, it'll make you feel so much better. It's like, and then, you know, your, your arm falls off and death and explosive diarrhea and, you know, the list goes on. So, um, you know, you, you do have to monitor when you're taking something new, um, A, if it's helping and B, if there are things happening that are something that you can't tolerate. I'm so glad you brought that up, Cherie, because I was thinking about it and I didn't know if we had time for an aside here. But the commercials cracked me up because, as you just said, sometimes the list of possible side effects include and they get through that list. And I go, I think I'd rather have the depression the way they made that sound. My gosh, the things that can happen. Well, I think what you're saying is it's a broad range of possible side effects. And again, we're all different. So I love the way you put it. Keep an eye on your body. You know your body better than anybody else. I'm quoting you from another video now. We know our body better than anybody else. So keep an eye on those Mm -hmm. symptoms and keep our medical professional in the loop. Sounds like that's what you're telling us. Absolutely. And I will share an inside secret. Um, You know, when you get those side effects on medications, it comes from our clinical trials. So in medicine, we try everything out um, via clinical trials before it's put out on the market and approved by 
uh, the Food and Drug Administration. So when people report those side effects, we we have to capture that it happened to someone, even if it happened to a small amount. But that's why the list is so long. Not that all those side effects happen to every single person, but just someone during the clinical trial experienced those side effects. Oh, wow. I did not know that. I'll see those commercials uh, a lot differently next time I see one. Just one person can cause you to put that on the list. Yes, sir. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Appreciate that inside uh, point of view. Let's talk about antipsychotics right now. And you just taught me, I love the way you said the, what they do is in the name. So now I kind of got it. Antipsychotic, I think I know. But why don't you tell us specifically what they are? Right. So psychosis. So these are people, typically when you hear people that are schizophrenic, that have delusions and hallucinations and things that are kind of outside of the realm of reality. So antipsychotic medications specifically work on that type of chemical imbalance to try to, to reduce or eliminate those types of symptoms. So you'd see a person that maybe is talking to their uh, themselves or um, they're seeing something that's not there or you know maybe reporting something that you feel is that they're just outright lying, but they believe it to be true. They're really suspicious, not trusting. So there's a chemical imbalance again and antipsychotic medication specifically works to balance those chemicals involved uh, to give some sense of normalcy or decrease those symptoms because, you know, the risk with psychosis is the harm to themselves or others. So you want to decrease that risk and treat as many symptoms as possible. I got it. And that's, so they're, they're all quite important, but when you talk about psychosis and and again, as you just said, the risk to themselves or others, so many people can be uh, very directly and critically impacted, I would think, by someone with psychosis. So you got to be careful about about the, the symptoms and then how they're reacting to those medications. Can you describe stimulants for the Brother B. Well family? Sure. So stimulants are drugs that you hear like uh, Adderall, um, common commercials talk about attention deficit disorder or behavioral disorders. And so stimulants do exactly what's in the title. Again, they stimulate the system. They make sure that those connections are being made in a meaningful way in your body to help decrease those symptoms. Uh, for instance, my daughter has ADHD. And when she takes her stimulant, she's able to focus on anything. And other times that would be very difficult. So stimulants do stimulate the system to work the way it's supposed to. Cherie, let's talk about anti-anxiety medications. And, you know, the funny thing is when I got here, when I was getting ready to talk to you, it began to occur to me that the title might give away what the med was. And maybe that's because I personally suffer from and treat and deal with anxiety. So I'm more familiar with that classification of medications. Talk about anti-anxiety meds, what they are and what the possible side effects might be. Right. So, Michael, especially yourself dealing with anxiety, and I've dealt with anxiety as well. Think about the symptoms you're having. Your heart is racing. Your palms are sweaty. Your thoughts may be fleeting. So anti-anxiety meds do the opposite of those things. So they affect your central nervous system that creates that response, and it reverses it. So these are medications that slow the heart rate that help you to release that anxiety and come to a more calm state. So same thing, right back to the beginning, chemical imbalance, right? So it works on your your central nervous system and it helps to reduce uh, the physiologic feelings of anxiety. So it doesn't take away what may have made you anxious, right? 
um, but it does reduce your response that you're physically having in your body. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, got it. And the side effects can be, uh, sorry about that, Michael. The side effects yeah. could be um, too much relaxation. In fact, uh, a very common in the news uh, medication that's abused often is Xanax, where people um, become addicted or overuse it and, and actually have overdose and um, and they pass away, unfortunately. So um, too much of a good thing, right? So when you decrease your central nervous system too much, then it doesn't work to do what it's supposed to do, which is, you know, keep you alive. So um, the side effects could just be too sedated, unable to do your regular uh, daily stuff that you would do because it's more of a relaxing effect. I got it. I got it. I've been um, wanting to ask you about this one, uh, mood stabilizers. It, it occurred to me that um, uh, this might be a classification that treats, for instance, bipolar disorder. Am I right about that? Can you talk about mood stabilizers? Absolutely. A mood stabilizer is exactly, again, what it says it is. Uh, specifically, as you mentioned, with bipolar disorder, people go between a depressed mood and manic, really up and high. So highs and lows, right? Our bodies want us to be balanced and in between. So mood, mood stabilizers do exactly that. They are able to bring you down during those high extreme manic moments and lift you up during those really deep depressive moments to keep you at a more balanced state of mood. Uh, bipolar disorder specifically really shows up um, and those, we all know someone that they're extremely up and happy and going and then the other moment they're really, really sad and down um, and crying, can't go to work, can't do their regular activities of daily living. So um, when you think about mood stabilizers, bipolar disorder is one of the, the top uh, mental health disorders that mood stabilizers come in handy. I'm looking forward to another little quick aside. I'm looking forward to having a conversation maybe with you about bipolar disorder, because I think even as you described it, uh, Cherie, there's a lot of misconceptions. There are a lot of misconceptions out there about exactly what it is. So we may revisit that on the Brother Be Well platform if you'd be open to that. Oh, absolutely. It's definitely not. A lot of people use it in the sense of the indecisive person, but it's really not that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, let's take a look. You mentioned Xanax just a few minutes ago, and I wanted to ask you some of the more popular psychiatric meds. I bet we're a little familiar with them either through some of those ads that we were just talking about or just through casual conversations. Xanax, Soloft, um, Prozac. Those mm -hmm. are all those are all psychiatric meds. Can you talk about what some of the other popular ones might be? Because we've all heard of a few of them. Uh, you named some of the main ones. They also have um, Abilify, Ativan, Lexapro, Lithium. Um, there's also uh, other types of medication that are used in psychiatric treatment that are um, blood pressure medications. Um, we found that there's a mutual effect in medications that may not be classified as psychiatric, but can also help for psychiatric disorders. But um, you know, and, and maybe I'm just the TV generation, but we've seen the commercial for uh, most of these. And then they even tell you, you know, well, if you have this, you should call your doctor and ask about it. But those are the main ones that you named um, in addition to, um, you know, some, some of the, uh, I mean, I, I've been a nurse for a long time. So um, even some of the staples, the lithium, the Depakote, um, 
Haldol, things like that. Uh, I've used, uh, I've been able to administer a lot of those medications to help people with mental illness. You you mentioned one, Cherie, and it relates to my next question. And, you know, some people say, you know, the popular phrase, there's no such thing as a, a dumb question. I, I have mm-hmm. always disagreed with that. Sometimes there are some kind of dumb questions, and forgive me if this is one of them. Does the lithium that's prescribed as a psychiatric med relate to the lithium that's a, um, a mineral, I believe it is, in, in anybody's healthy diet? We take in lithium during um, food consumption. So I'm wondering if it's the same lithium there. Same lithium, only in trace amounts in your food. So lithium is in potatoes, tomatoes, cereal, um, cabbage, some uh, mineral waters that you buy, but it's a trace amount. Uh, those minerals that we um, have in our diets are very, very tiny amounts that do not have a therapeutic effect on um, your mental illness. Like it, it, it's same thing in theory, but different application and vastly different amounts. I am so glad I asked you that because when I read that list of foods, I was like, well, I, I've never turned a potato down, so I, I might have all the lithium I need. I, I never met a potato I didn't like, Cherie. So I was like, <laughs> between baked potatoes, mashed potatoes, french fries, potato chips, I thought it was okay. But thank you for setting the record straight on that. We just small amounts there, so you might need a supplement. Absolutely. Let's look at one more question I've got for you today. And this is, I'd only ask you or someone like you this with your background and experience. Um, please, please, please. And we touched on it a little bit earlier. You really have helped me with this and so many of our Brother Rebel family with this point, Cherie. It's critically important that someone not, you know, sort of self-diagnose a condition and start taking any type of supplement, let alone, you know, if they get their hands on some kind of psychiatric med without a prescription, you, you can't, you just absolutely can't do that if you're really interested in being well without checking in with your medical provider. I want to just hand you the mic, take, take it over from here and help me drive that point home. Absolutely. Always keep your medical provider in the loop. As I, I mentioned before, there surely are times where other medications that you are taking can interact with psychotic, uh, that other medications that you are taking can interact with psychiatric medications as well as some foods or other activities that you may be doing or that you're not able to do. So you always wanna make sure that you're putting your best foot forward and that you know all the information so that your healthcare provider can make the best decision for you. It's really important to look at the whole picture to prevent any hurt, harm, or danger from taking a medication that's very necessary, but you wanna make sure you're taking it safely. Cherie, I cannot thank you enough for your time today. You make my job really, really easy. I could talk to you every day about any one of a number of topics <laughs> here at Brother Be Well. So thank you so much. Cherie Kreiner, registered nurse and vice president of the Capital City Black Nurses Association. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. We'll talk to you soon. And I want to thank you for checking this video out. This video was sponsored by Blue Shield of California's Blue Sky Initiative. That initiative boosts access to mental health support. You can learn all about that fantastic program at bluesky.blueshieldca.com. That's bluesky.blueshieldca.com. Another quick website that you need to hang on to, brotherbewell.com. If you like this video, there are any one of a number of other videos on related topics, behavioral health topics that you can check out, all targeting boys and men of color, African-American, Latinx, Asian and Pacific Islander, and Native and Indigenous. 
um, and the LGBTQ plus community that informs and enhances those uh, cultural communities. All of that information is at brotherbewell.com. Check it out. We're a membership supported service. If you can join as a member, we love that. But if you want to start out slow, just give us your email address. You can sign up for our blog absolutely for free. And two or three times a week, you'll get notifications about videos just like this as they go live. Again, that's at brotherbewell.com. My name, Michael P. Coleman. I'm content director for Brother Be Well. It's a great pleasure of mine to do so. And I want to ask you to do two quick things until I get to talk to you again. Take great care of yourself. And then when you get that down, reach out, help somebody else, take care of somebody else. Until next time, bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Brother Be Well podcast. Join the BBW membership at brotherbewell.com so we can learn to heal trauma together. Thanks also to Blue Shield of California's Blue Sky Initiative for sponsoring this podcast and supporting parents and caregivers in need. I'm Leon Guidry, and we're out.